0: Are actually, all doing the right thing, and we are amazed at how busy we are, like what you were saying before, having only 20 customers inside and 20 outside, we are still feeling like it's a normal Saturday night, and that's because the takeaway, the takeaway is massive.
1: Today on Dirty Linen, we are chatting to Susie Pavlov from Becca Restaurant in Mooney Ponds. Uh, We are chatting on such a glorious Melbourne spring day. It just feels like everything should be right with the world. But it's it's a combination of things that we're all feeling in Melbourne. We're so excited to be reopening. We're a little bit nervous about what the next weeks and months might bring. And uh, I don't know, I think restaurant owners like Susie are balancing these various emotions uh, as much as anybody right now, Susie,
0: how are you going? Um, hi, Danny. First, thanks for the opportunity. Um, we, look, we're going well. We've um, we've been quite strong through takeaway, which was quite good. So we definitely kept the business open, and we were super grateful for that. We've got a great community support base. Um, opening up was, you know, a little bit nerve wracking. It was exciting. It was it was a bit of everything. Um, we had a really, really nice response when we put the post up on social media after the announcement from the Victorian government that we could open earlier. And we were just fully booked within minutes, like the phone started ringing, um, Facebook, Instagram messages, um, people sending me messages like, I will buy your most expensive bottle of wine. Can I please come with a group of six and it, yeah, it was just it was just insane. And um, we're quite lucky as well. We've got a really nice outdoor area at the moment, which isn't fully covered. So being in Melbourne, you know, a rainy day could happen any day. And when that does, we lose all those bookings outside, which. Um, Unfortunately, that first weekend the weather was was not the best. it was not on our side and um, I think it was the Saturday night where it was colder and look, people still sat outside they sat under the heaters and and they were happy to just be seated, be served, and to be dining out again so that was really lovely as well. It was really good to see. Okay. So on a good day, we could do 60 covers and we used to do two sittings. So we would um, we would do a, an early sitting because our family area, it's a very, very strong family area around Mooney Ponds and Essendon. So we found, you know, doing the 5 to 7 was quite popular with families and then we'd do it like a 7.30 till late and that's when, you know, all the other groups would come out. But now we're doing – we're quite lucky as well. We took over the restaurant next door last year and we knocked out the wall, Um, hence that gave us some more space. So when the announcement was made that it was 20 in total but 10 per space, We were quite lucky that we did take that second space because it allowed us to do 20. And we have been doing 20 solid since that Wednesday that we opened. We've been doing the two sittings. Um, You know, we'd love to do more, but we definitely are super appreciative of what we can do at the moment. And we are booking the 20, like every night. We are booking the 20 both times. And, yeah, it's going well. I mean, there's a lot of space. People are very happy with how much space they've got around them. So, you know, one dining room has got 10 people in it which could comfortably sit 40. Uh so yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's interesting yeah. isn't
1: it? Cuz it feels so kind of crazy and busy, but then when you actually get to a restaurant at the moment, assuming that they're doing things right, it actually is pretty calm in the actual dining rooms because they're, they're just not allowed to be anywhere near capacity uh, so it's just yeah it's this funny duality of, um, of rhythms I guess because I, I, th- I think something that you know I also sense is that for the business owners obviously you staff to the number of diners that you can have and there is a lot to think about so I mean obviously you were able to comprehend the rules about how many people you could have in each dining space and you could you could work with that I mean we've we've noticed just in the few days that restaurants have been opened that not everyone is if, is finding their way to the correct numbers the correct spacing um, what do you think that might be I mean wh- why? isn't why aren't all businesses following the rules
0: look I think it's a little bit hard I think um, you know there are some people who missed out on even having a takeaway format or portal available so they missed out on a good seven months of business hence why they are taking full advantage of being open bending rules doing whatever they have to do and I mean, look, I've seen it driving around. I live in an area where there's lots of restaurants and cafes and I have seen places that are saturated. And and look, I mean, there's nothing good or bad about that. I know that they shouldn't be bending the rules. And and like I said to you um, earlier on, we had a brief chat that last night during our second sitting, our changeover, we had 21. So I was one over inside for just that few minutes And that was because there was a table that was catching up with a group of friends that they hadn't seen in a long time. Um, They were able to cross over and be within the 25Ks. They were having a chat. They were really just, you know, in deep conversation, talking about everything. And they didn't want to go. And I mentioned to them that, you know, the 7.45 is running a little bit late, so you can have it for a few more minutes. But, guys, I really need the table. So at that point, I was a bit nervous because I thought, hold on, People do do headcounts and people do look at you a little bit funny, like, you know, kind of you know what you're doing is wrong and you've got to get that extra person out or whatever it may be. But that's another thing that we've noticed as well. People don't want to go. People, We're giving two-hour sittings, which is quite conservative, you know, and, and Lebanese food. It's a share plate. So, you know, it's not like you're waiting an hour for a main. The food comes out pretty quickly. And we do a good job of that as well. And we communicate with the chefs all the time, like, can you please get the second dish out as, as quickly as you can or whatever it may be, or desserts. We offer desserts a bit earlier now, just because we do have to clean these tables and chairs and spray and wipe everything down. And that's another thing that customers really do appreciate, how clean the venue looks at the moment. Um, even the bathrooms, the fact that we've got you know hand sanitizer everywhere, and even myself, like when I walk in and out, I do have a you know I do spray a little bit on my hands and and keep sort of sanitizing every hour just out of habit now and and i think I think that's the sort of stuff now that people are appreciating, like I know for myself, I do like a cleaner venue, I do like to see things done properly as well because I mean being a mother of of three boys I like to go and know that things are done right I know that then I feel safe the kids feel safe um you know it's not to say that we're scared of COVID it's not that it's just knowing that things are done right
1: yeah I mean it's interesting you say you're driving around you're seeing people who perhaps aren't doing the wrong things and you can sort of understand it they're desperate for the business there's no wrong or right but I mean there is wrong because it's like these rules are there to protect the whole community and whether it's through being unaware or just pushing the rules because they want to um, have more money flowing through the till. I mean, It is wrong, and I mean the the penalties. Just talking about the financial penalties, businesses are putting themselves at grave risk. It's a nine thousand nine hundred and thirteen dollar fine. I mean, I don't think I've 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 heard of police visiting premises over the weekend, and they were just advising uh, businesses of you know where they weren't quite um, hitting the mark. And hopefully, it will be just about that that awareness and that informing until we we uh, hopefully we don't. But if we see flagrant and and multiple breaches, then perhaps the fines will start flowing. But I I don't I just feel like it's, this is just yet another instance where the community has to really stand next to we have to stand next to one another and just all do the right thing.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I've same thing again. I found we're surrounded by a few restaurants and wine bars, and we are actually all doing the right thing. And we are amazed at how busy we are. Like what you were saying before, having only twenty customers inside and twenty outside we are still feeling like it's a normal Saturday night and that's because the takeaway, the takeaway is massive because now we've got a family of four having over another family of four or five and they're ordering double the amount of food and that's what we've seen happen now as well. Our takeaway orders are massive, they're quite big. So again, takeaway, you've got 20 minutes or half an hour to get all this food packaged and ready to go. And again, you know, you can have two, three people coming in to pick up their takeaway. Sometimes people bring their kids with them. You've already got twenty inside the restaurant, and then you've got people waiting outside. And then you look outside, and you've got all these people outside, and you think, oh wow, you know, we've we've got to get this food out pretty quickly. And it's like I even offer the service to customers because we have got an online portal where you can order and pay. So I will say to quite a few of the regulars, look, just bring your car around. When it's ready, I'll bring it out to you. Don't worry about hanging around here. And they really appreciate that. A lot of people appreciate that. And thankfully, we've got enough staff on that I can run food out to cars and, and help customers in that way. And also, we still find that there are some people that are a little bit uncomfortable about being around crowds, um, you know, especially yeah. the, old, the older customers come in. Like a husband and wife came in the other night to pick up food, and I found that they were a little bit maybe nervous. So, again, I offered that to them. I said, look, guys, it's all paid for. It'll be ready in about five minutes. If you want, I can bring it out to you. And, and again, yeah. they were like, oh, that, that, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And it's those little things, I think, that really helps people just, get, just be at ease.
1: I think people are definitely at different stages in feeling willing to deal with you know the public and to be in in, to be in public spaces with our fellow citizens I mean hopefully that actually maps on to the diner numbers that are permitted now and as the diner numbers increase then perhaps confidence will also increase and and more of those people who are currently getting takeaway will feel comfortable enough to dine in but do you do you feel Susie that takeaway is is you know, that increased level of takeaway is with us to stay? Do you think that, you know, particularly for families, perhaps that is how they'll um, they'll meet up with each other now?
0: I think it is. I think it is. And I think especially in our location, we've got um, like we've got the wine shop next door, we've got the bottle shop there and people pick up like a really nice bottle of red, come and get their food and there's a beautiful dinner right there and you're going to have it in the comfort of your own home. And we've also got um, Queen's Park around the corner, which we have seen become so, so busy. And, you know, again, like really good social distancing, families on their rugs or their fold-out chairs and their trestle tables. And, and, you know, it's, it's really beautiful because there are times when I'm driving to work or sometimes I'll jump on the road and help with the delivery. I see our food there and I think, wow, this is pretty amazing. They couldn't get a table, but... They've used the initiative, they've taken advantage of this lovely weather. We've been quite lucky. We've had some really nice nights and they're getting the food and they're sitting in the park and they're having a bigger experience but not in the venue and still like beautiful surroundings. Yeah, and I think it will stay strong, especially through the summer.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? Because I know, you know, one of the things that you would love about Becca is that you can welcome people in and really create that whole hospitality experience. But do you you feel like something changed for you through COVID that you've felt that you've been able to deliver that same feeling through Takeaway?
0: Um, Yeah, look, it's it's quite interesting with having said that with with the takeaway, like a lot of our regulars or even just customers send you a little note on their um, order that, oh, it's my husband's birthday and you're his favourite restaurant. So we'll send like a, a complimentary Canair with a, you know, like a side of syrup and put instructions on how to heat it up at home. And so, you know, we'll do that little bit of extra because we know that that's the fun part of dining again when you've got a special occasion and, and you want to go out with your family and friends and you want to celebrate, but then you're trying to turn this celebration into something special at home and the fact that people choose their favourite restaurant and still make it happen at home is a pretty big thing. And I think that's, again, like Melbournians have embraced the whole takeaway um, formula and, and seen it in a completely different light now. It's not like, you know, it's not like it was back in the day where takeaway was just pizza or, you know, Chinese food or something like that. It's, it's more than that now. It's definitely more than that now. I mean, we, are, we got we went to one of my favorite Chinese restaurants for my birthday and picked up takeaway and brought it home in September. And we drove into the city, Richard picked it up and it was like, it was a beautiful experience. we got to have it with the kids. I would never normally take the kids with me there. So, you know, little things like that. And we picked up a nice bottle of red. And so things like that, I think have, have also allowed us to see things differently.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, you know, yeah. Lebanese food, it is so much about that shared experience and, you know, passing dishes around the Definitely. table. How do you feel Definitely. about that? Like, do you feel like um, friend, groups of friends and family who are, perhaps don't live in the same households but who are meeting for a meal, are they still comfortable to share food or have you changed the way that you're plating
0: things? Yeah, so it's so interesting you say that. What we always did at Becca was when you arrive and you sit down on your table, we used to give complimentary pickles in a bowl and um, and immediately we give the crispy pitter and the fresh pitter. And a lot of customers love that. And, and, you know, they get excited about the pickles because we make them at Becker. And, you know, we do the pickle turnips and we do some really nice olives and cauliflower and things like that. And people really love that. And that's one thing I brought up to Richard. I said, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do this anymore because it's a shared bowl that's a, it's complimentary. They didn't ask for it. So we're giving it to them. Um, how do you feel about that? And he said, to be honest, that's what people love like they love coming in sitting down and they know that when they get the wine list they're gonna get the pickles too and you know mm. it's and it's that's the thing like even if you come to my house first thing I do when you walk in is I put a bowl of nuts out or something that I've roasted or made so it's how we're brought up it's what we know and to change that felt a little bit awkward we felt like that the diner was missing out on that nice little you know starter and we talked about it and we were like, look, we'll see how we go. So the first night we didn't do it and then people asked for it. We had people that they asked for it. They said, oh, do you do you still have your pickled vegetables? And we're like, look, we do. But the whole, you know, sharing thing, we're not. And, and that's another thing. We, we can't change the menu. We can't make Lebanese food a la carte. We can't make Lebanese food um, like it, it's not a chicken parma. You can't get your own dish and just sit there and nobody's allowed to touch your plate. That's not fun, and that's what makes Lebanese food fun. That you can try everything, and I mean, look, there are so many dishes that are that are served individually anyway, and they're portioned like a, you know, the kibbeh, the the cheese triangles, and all that stuff. Like they all come in fours; they're all separate. So you touch what you want, you take it out of the of the plate, and you put it on your own side plate. So again, I brought this up to our environmental officer at the council, and I said to her, "What am I supposed to do? You've seen my menu." And she said, oh, no, no, that's fine, because the people that are coming to you are sitting together on a table. They're from the same household. She said, it's more so things like a buffet or things where people will get up and touch things or and then put something back or, you know, the utensils and all that sort of stuff. So we decided that we weren't going to change anything because if we did, it wasn't going to be what we were about. So we kept it. We kept yeah. everything the way it was. And honestly nothing's changed. If anything, people are ordering more food. People are just excited, almost ordering. Oh my God. It's been, we've just been giving takeaway containers to people and I've just been filling them up. And, and then I get messages the following day on Instagram and Facebook, like private messages saying, I had the best lunch today, your leftover chicken skewers and cauliflower. And it's like, wow. <laughs> and that's because I remember them, they overordered. And
1: <laughs> too much excitement. Too much excitement. Yeah. Too much excitement. Uh, And so there's been no reluctance or resistance from from customers to have those shared platters?
0: None whatsoever. None whatsoever. And look, people that are booking a Lebanese restaurant, the same thing with a Greek restaurant, you know that you're not going to go and order a dish for yourself. You know you're going to order a whole heap of things to share and try. And... That's the thing and and if you want your own meal then, you know, and and I think as well like there are people who are waiting for those restaurants to open up where they can have that experience or the fine dining experience where you can get your own meal and sit down and know it's just yours and nobody else is going to touch it. So, but with Lebanese food, that's honestly, that is the beauty of it. Like a bowl of batata hara, for example, it's, you know, there are 30, 40 cubes of potato in there mixed with garlic and everything and everyone's going to grab a spoon of it. And then I even see people like just put their fork in the bowl, grab the last few. And and I think now that we're not we're not scared of that. We're not scared of that because you're sitting in a clean restaurant, you're sitting with people you know, and you're sharing food with people you're comfortable with.
1: mm. Yeah. I think that's it. I think if if you're there, then you yeah, you have to trust that experience, don't you? And I think as long as you can see the people around you and the, the, the restaurant that's hosting you doing everything that they can do to keep everybody safe, then I think um yeah, you can't be paranoid about every last morsel of food and every last breath that you take. So, yeah, it
0: makes sense. That's right. And being an open kitchen gives that comfort. Again, you you see everything that's going on at Becca. It's right there in front of you.
1: Mm. I have to say, every dish that you've mentioned, Susie, I'm like, okay, I need to eat that. I need to eat that. I'm obsessed with kenefe, so I need to eat that. So, yeah, it all
0: sounds so good. It's it's just like, I'm not being biased. I mean, I I do think it's the best cuisine. And look, when we go out, we go for something completely opposite and different. Like, I'll go Thai or Chinese or something so different. Um, Because, you know, we live it, we breathe it, we cook it on my night off. The same thing at home. You know, I'll make some tabbouleh, some chicken skewers, some hummus, and the kids are so happy. And it's like, but I ate this last night at work on my dinner break, but I want it again. So it's, you know, it's it's just one of those things you just you just learn to love, and it becomes part of your life. Yeah. Well, one thing that has
1: become part of our life and that we perhaps don't love all the time is masks. Um tell me how you're finding the mask experience.
0: Um so me personally I am struggling with the mask. I have been um for quite some time. I find it first of all um you know we I I really love to smile at a customer that walks in. I think it's very important to greet them that way and I when we first started doing takeaway and people walking in to pick up their food it was really difficult. Sometimes I'd pull it down, especially if it was somebody I knew or regular. And I'd be like, how are you going? And, you know, and I'd give them a smile and they'd be like, it's so good to see you guys open. And they would also pull down their mask and we'd have a, you know, a conversation like that with obviously no other customers in the restaurant picking up at the same time. And then it got a little bit stricter. It got a little bit more serious with the numbers increasing. And then I found that, People were not taking off their masks. They were being really serious about it. And then as time went on and the last few weeks before we opened, we had customers walking in without a mask on to pick up their food. And we don't discriminate. We don't have a problem with that. If you're not going to wear one and you're coming to pick up your food, that's up to you. And I, I also believe that you know, if people are sick, they're not going to be silly and leave the house knowing that they might be carrying something, whether it be a flu or, or corona or whatever it was. No one was going to do that. We all know how serious this is, especially in Melbourne. Like We have felt it so much more than any other city, I think, in the country, if not in the world, because of how hard we've had it um, with the restrictions and everything else. But also me personally, the last couple of nights, I've had my staff come up to me and ask, you know, have you heard anything is is anything going to happen about these masks? I mean, we're running around, we're exhausted, we're trying to talk to customers and we're finding it really hard. And again, like I feel I feel so terrible for them because I I know how they're feeling. I feel the same way. I'm generally stuck at the front anyway. And look, I'm going to be honest, sometimes I do pull it down and sometimes I find it really hard to talk to a customer, like explaining a bottle of wine or explaining a particular dish. You know, that body language, I I really believe like your full face needs to be seen. I think it's, it's, it's really difficult, especially with what we do. Like we're not just sitting down. We're not, you know, we're not administration workers. We're not just sitting there behind the desk. We're moving, we're moving all the time and it's a quite tiring job and especially when you're wearing the masks that are not the fabric ones, when you're wearing the ones from the chemists, they have a bit of a smell in them and it can get a little bit tough and especially now with the warmer weather, I've I've got people just saying, look, I, I don't know how I'm going to go and, and I feel, I really feel with them. So I've struggled with that personally. I mean, when I go even on my daily walks, I struggle with it personally. I sometimes take it off and, and because I, I genuinely cannot breathe with it on. So, and again, like I said, I, I would never jeopardize anybody's health or safety. I, if it's a quiet street, I'm by myself. It's a different story. But when I walk through parks, when I go to shopping centers or supermarkets, I will definitely put it on 100%. And I think that will stay for a while.
1: Yeah, I think definitely we'll be wearing masks on public transport and in shops and, I'm sorry to say, but I think in restaurants for some time to come. Um, I mean, it's interesting what you say about people wouldn't come out if they're sick, but, of course, you know, what a lot of the rules are, are there to do is to... Uh, is to protect people who perhaps don't know or the people around the people that don't know that they're they're carrying. Of course, you can be symptom-free but still be contagious and I guess that's one of the main reasons that people wear masks. I I certainly hear it from from your point of view as well and I think when you are trying to create that hospitality environment, that welcome, the smile is so important, as you say, and I think, you know, when you're communicating hour after hour with people, it does get exhausting and it is... I know that you are so passionate about delivering that the the experience that you want to deliver and that might be exactly as you say, the information about a dish or a bottle of wine. Um, um certainly masks make it very challenging. Um yeah, it's a it's a tr- it's a really tricky one. And I think also to you know, to, to um to be managing staff as you are and to be um yeah when they're you want to look after them as well and where they're finding it a struggle then it's it's it is it adds another layer of difficulty to to the job that you're trying to do so I definitely definitely can empath, empathize.
0: It, oh, it's it's so challenging and, and again like you know these guys are working so hard and we I mean we are trading say like five to ten or five to eleven they're five six hours and that's solid and that's full-on like there's no moment where you actually stop and I do feel for them because I, and that's another thing, you're in a restaurant, so everybody's always looking at you. It's not like you can go somewhere and, you know, and take it off for a few minutes. So you can't like, and when you're having your break, you sit down to have your meal and you take it off. It's the best part of your night because you're free. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Um yeah it's it's a lot but i think it's there's a good reason for us to all keep wearing them at least at this point but i, I know it's it's definitely a pressure point for for hospo and other people in service industries it it is um an extra layer to the to the bed.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, you look at things like I was watching. Um, there was like a t- tourism report about what's going to happen when borders open up, and they were showing you some restaurants in the Gold Coast, and and you know, and they were serving, and everybody was like mask free, and it it just looked like oh wow, that, that looked like they're having a great time, and they because you could see their smiles, you could see their faces. And that's the first thing customers say as well when they sit down. They're like, we're just so happy to sit down, take off the mask and have some great food and, they really mean that from all their hearts you know and and because this has not been a few weeks it's been months we've been wearing it for months and you know people have put up with a lot I agree about the whole thing with public transport I'm one of those people as well I do feel safer wearing a mask on public transport um, so you know I probably will do that for a while I mean hey I've, I've bought 50 of them from the chemist I've got a box of them in the car just in case I forget one and you know so I, I understand that and I respect that as well because again you're in a bit of a dense tight spot you're not really you know you can't move and there's a lot of people on there as well with you so again I understand that but I also think when you're in a restaurant and you're not moving around and you're sitting down and the only person that is moving around you is the waiter um you know surely or I'm hoping I've heard I heard something today actually that they might allow it to um, be removed for outdoor dining so if um yeah, so I don't know what that means. Does that mean the waiters were serving you outside? I don't know. But those little, those little headlines get me really excited because I think, oh, hold on, this might, <laughs> this might be it.
1: Well, we're certainly all watching the news about all those things. Um, I'd love to ask you about about staffing, Susie. Um, I, I think one of the things that people are going to encounter as we uh, gear back up is staff shortages. It's going to be hard to find staff in restaurants. How are you finding that?
0: Uh, Look, to be honest, I'm always struggling to find a chef. I've been looking for another chef or even a cook. Um, I've been advertising for the last two, three months and I received one applicant and he was a Lebanese chef who was working in Dubai. And he asked if I would sponsor him to, I, I promise you, like I've got the resume, food's outstanding. He works at a great restaurant in Dubai. And again, they've also been hit by this whole COVID thing. So obviously they're not getting the tourists in and things like that. So he's not getting the shifts. And he said, I've always wanted to come to Australia. What can you do for me? And I'm like, mate, I can't, there's no way in the world I could do this. I said, if you if you saw what's happening, our borders are shut as well. And Again, it's this is the only application I have had in the last two and a half months. The advertising's been 10 weeks solid now, and I've had nothing nothing from a local chef, nothing. Yeah, and waitering as well, like you know, I've I've um. I was lucky enough to keep all my staff through the lockdown. We were super fortunate to get the JobKeeper and we are forever grateful for that because I will be honest, that saved our lives and that saved our business. And I yeah I kept all I kept all the staff. So what we do is you know one of the waitresses would come in and do the phones and pack the takeaway bags three nights a week. She'd alternate with another waitress and they were always doing something. Then um, one of my main waitresses became a kitchen hand and she really loved the whole food side of things and just to keep them employed. And they were they've been amazing. They've actually all pretty much been with us since we opened the doors two years ago. And the fact that JobKeeper came into our lives is why we have everybody there today.
1: Yeah, that's great. Do you get the feeling that if you needed to employ more front of house staff that that would also be
0: challenging? Absolutely. I know, I know plenty of people in the industry that are trying to find wait staff or kitchen staff and they're struggling. And I, I even get private messages from people that I know that own other restaurants and cafes. Hey, do you have a waiter that can work two days a week? Or do you have um, a kitchen handle? How would you go with a chef? I'm also looking now. And that's, that's a very big problem.
1: So what do you think that is? I mean, there are lots of unemployed Australians. Why aren't they um, knocking the door down to get these jobs?
0: Well, I think people are comfortable now. I think people have been maybe on Job Seeker for a few months and they've thought, hold on, this isn't too bad. Um, or they probably are just working a day or two somewhere and and receiving government benefits for not being able to find the job that they do want. And I think people are also looking at a career change or a life change. This is also I know quite a few chefs now that have said that they don't want to go back into a kitchen. So I think this has also given time for people to reevaluate what they really want to do and where they want to be. And was this a job that I was doing just for income or was it this something I was doing because I loved it? So that's the difference. And this has given people have had a lot of time on their hands. I know with us as well, we went from doing lunch and dinner, six days and nights, to just doing dinners. And again, we had a lot of time on our hands. We've, we've started to look at things differently as business owners. We've, we've got a young family and we do look at things differently now. We see hospitality, especially in Melbourne, in a completely different way now.
1: Well, tell me more about that. What do you mean?
0: Um, Well, I don't... I. I think like, for example, i I think I've got maybe another year or two left in me of hospitality work that, and then I think to myself, maybe I will go back to the health industry, which is what I was doing before I got into hospitality. I think it's, it's a lot harder now, like um, having the restaurant open on Sundays as well, paying the penalties and, and doing all that sort of stuff has changed everything. We've also noticed um, that we've pretty much become a cashless business. Uh, Whether we uh, accept cash or not, people are not using it. People don't carry it. People don't have it. And I've seen a lot of changes which make it really different, you know, which make it – it's just like a job now. So I'm, I'm earning a wage. Everyone's earning a wage. It's a little bit different than what it used to be. And, no, it's not all about the money. It's definitely not. But I've seen the way it's changed. Um, some changes are definitely for the better. People are getting paid properly. I understand that and I appreciate that because our staff and lots of people in the industry work super hard, like really, really hard. And I think that what they're earning, um, I've got a New Zealand waitress. She was telling me what she's earning with us. If she told, she tells her family and friends back at home, and they cannot believe it. They can't believe what she's earning because what she's earning now is something that she would probably get in 10 years' time if she went back to New Zealand. So we are way ahead and we're doing all the right things. But as a business owner, it's different. It's very different now. It's not the way it used to be. I mean, we used to run a business, for example, 13 years ago. We didn't have an FPOS machine it was cash only yeah. and there was no issue with that whatsoever. It was not even a question, but nobody ever even, I don't even think anybody asked us in that whole six to 12 months of trade when we opened, are you going to get an FPOS machine or can I use my card? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've seen those changes as well. So I've seen I've seen very big changes. I've also seen um, a difference with the first lockdown to the second lockdown. So um, the first lockdown when we were open for that three weeks, people were spending big. They were they were, you know, they were really excited about being out and also people saved money. Like people got the opportunity to save money. I know myself, we used to go for breakfast every Saturday and that was a minimum anywhere between one to one fifty spend on a breakfast on a Saturday morning with uh, with the kids. And we didn't do that for months and months. So obviously what were we were doing? We were just saving it. So that was nice too um but again I think hospitality a lot of people will tell you whether they've got a bar in the city or they've got a restaurant or a cafe we've all seen the changes um and some are good like I said some are really good changes and then some of them are a bit tough and it's a little bit harder now it's definitely a little bit harder now
1: yeah so you're saying it just like- Cause just let me see if I'm understanding you, you're sort of saying the industry's become a bit more uh, professional in a way, like there's more compliance, but those burdens that have thrown onto the business owner mean that it's, you can't be in it just for, for the passion and the fun. It's a, it's a lot more serious and it's harder
0: to make money. Is that what you're saying? That's the perfect word. It's serious. It's now become serious. It's not, and that's what exactly what you said just before about the whole fun and everything. Look, it's still fun, but it's definitely a lot more serious. And we also saw the way the JobKeeper scheme came out and the way it was assessed and the way it was given. So basically, if you were a restaurant owner and you were paying your staff cash, They've lost their jobs and they cannot get JobKeeper because you had to show that you were doing the right thing. And again, thankfully, like I had a kitchen hand, for example, she was earning, you know, she was earning or working 12 hours a week. She used to come do two six hour shifts um, and she was an amazing kitchen hand. She was so, like, when the whole thing started, she was in tears because she was like, you know, believe it or not, this 12 hours really helps me. And I said to her, look, don't stress about it. We're, we're going to be okay. We're going to sort something out. And JobKeeper saved her life, but she even said, You saved my life because I never knew about this whole thing of being on the books or getting the Saturday rates and she said, I didn't know about that. I never knew about that. She'd come from somewhere where she was getting paid cash, five, six dollars less an hour. She didn't think anything of it at the time. But now, like she went from earning, you know, what I think it was two hundred and twenty two a week to seven fifty a week. And still doing the same hours, so she couldn't believe it. So I think when JobKeeper came out, it cleaned up the industry. It definitely cleaned up the industry. So if, like I said, if you had 20 people working for you and six were on the books, well, there's your business gone. It's gone. Like they're not going to help you with the 14 that we're getting cash. And and I know that I understand that there are still operators out there who run their businesses like that, but I just don't know for how much longer. Can they survive, or will they keep going running it that way? I, I just don't think it's it's going to be possible. I really don't.
1: Mm. Well, I, I certainly don't think it was accidental that JobKeeper was administered in that way. Um, yeah, I guess tax evasion has been a particular project of the federal government for a while um so this was I suppose a, an un, unforeseen uh way to uh, yeah gave them another instrument to try to uh, to try to yeah remove those those businesses that are running on cash but yeah it's really that's yeah really interesting point that you make um and I guess it, it's there are good things about uh, businesses being compliant, especially for the workers. Um, but it's, it's, I'm sad to hear you say that that's part of the reason that you think you might leave the industry. You're obviously so passionate about the food and the experience that you can create for people. It's a shame that it doesn't, uh, you know, that, that, that cleaning up of the, of the business space doesn't work for you as an owner. That makes me feel a bit sad.
0: Well, it's not so much that. It's more so, like for example, the Sundays, right? So, if you have a quiet Sunday, your staff aren't affected. You are, and if you have four, five, mm-hmm. or six quiet Sundays, you're we're paying you're paying thirty plus dollars for an hourly rate for a waiter, and that's just the waiter, let alone the kitchen staff and the overheads and the cost of running the business. And I think I think for us now, it's not it's not really about the cleanup, we were happy to see the cleanup because the good ones survived. Like definitely yeah. the good ones have survived and they've come out stronger. And like I said to you, you know, I was able to keep all my staff because we did do the right thing by them. And we kept yeah. them on JobKeeper, whether they were doing 10 or 30 hours a week, they all stayed they all stayed working for us. They were there when we opened up and they will be there for like and, and again, they're working there because they love it. I'm doing what I'm doing because I love it. It's it's in it's in my blood. Like we're just passionate about it, you know. I used to stand on a milk crate to watch my mum cook. I was 6 or 7 years old, and I used to make Lebanese coffee for people that used to come over on a milk crate because I wanted I wanted people to like my coffee. So, I'm still like that. I'm I'm still I've still got all that in me. I think maybe now because I'm a bit older, I see things differently. I've got a young family, and I think this industry now is not for me. it's probably for you know the the thirty something year old lady who can take it on and do it differently. I'm in my forties now I've got kids in school, and I think those late nights on Fridays and Saturdays I think they're they're really hard and that's the part that I'm struggling with a little bit you know the, the that sort of that sort of part of it you know getting home at one am and you know, and I and, and I don't want to. I don't want to buy a cafe. I don't want to make coffee. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm loving the I love the night trade. I think it's it's amazing. It's fun, but I'm also I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm definitely I'm exhausted. That's the truth. And COVID really yeah. gave us a bit of a shake and wake up. Susie, I can really hear all the
1: different things in the hospitality industry that are pushing and pulling. I think it's this, everything that you're saying is something that a lot of other business owners will be able to relate to. Uh, I hope that um, as things, you know, develop and change over the next few weeks that It'll be an energising experience. And I hope the hospitality industry can lure you back in for a bit longer because I think it's, um, yeah, I really want all of Melbourne to experience what you do at Becca Restaurant over in Mooney Ponds. Um, I wish you all the best for what's to come. Thank you so
0: much for sharing your story today. It's been amazing to have a chat to you. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate the opportunity, and you know, again, like we, you know, we're in it because we love it, and you, we've definitely, you've still got a couple of years left in me. But, um, <laughs> like I said, it's just, I think I'm just getting really old now, <laughs> and no, you're I not. can't. Um, yeah, those <laughs> like those late nights, those late nights are feeling a little bit harder. So, yeah, maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, we get there, we do service, we're we're always excited, and we come back and we do it again the next day. So, it's one of those things, and like I said, you know passion and and goes a long way because you're doing something from the heart you're not doing it just because you want to get paid and again and that, and that, you can see that in our plate you can see that in the restaurant and people even people say it like you know you've got a husband and wife there um Richard works so hard and he's using beautiful old recipes and again he's also there all heart and and so am I and I think people can see that and that's probably what makes it successful and and busy so we're quite blessed
1: yeah well thank you for putting all that heart into everything that you do um yeah sincerely wish you all the best and uh go Melbourne
0: thank you so much yes go Melbourne we've got this
1: This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We wanna hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Wheats production.